Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 138. For this episode, you are going to hear a series of some of our favorite clips from our two intimacy series over the past couple of seasons. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The following content is intended for a mature audience only. Please be advised that the podcast is meant for entertainment purposes. We do not endorse or promote products. The Myelin and Melanin podcast discusses the life experiences of the hosts and their guests. Each guest that appears consents to sharing their personal story and experience. If you have questions regarding your sexual health, please consult your medical team. Also, the Myelin and Melanin podcast is not a substitute for therapy. We are not providing medical, psychological, or religious advice whatsoever. Should you become pregnant, it's not our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. This is a clip from episode 101, which is realm five of our second intimacy series, this part, Intimacy and MS. And in this clip, you'll hear professional dominatrix, Mistress Magenta, share some of her experiences. After I was diagnosed I, uh, with MS, which was a few years ago, I felt super out of control and it bled into my life in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and one of, you know, and it was one of those things where after that was the first time I went to a kink club and it was the first time where I was like, I, I transitioned to doing a lot of things that I had been thinking about for a while that I okay. hadn't done and kink was one of them. I was living in the U.S. at the time. Um, I currently live in Australia. So you had not indulged in the world of kink prior to your diagnosis this is all like not really like not not in any way that was like the kink community like like I said like with partners I had been like hey there's a belt maybe I should you know whip you whip you with it but I didn't like you know or you know do like little little dominant things I mean I think like the world of kink is so broad Right. You can explore it in your day-to-day lives because so many people participate in kink in so many different ways. Like, like when I was in college, I had a boyfriend with a foot fetish. Um, that mm-hmm. wasn't me exploring kink. That was him feeling comfortable sharing with me one of uh, the things that turned him on, in my right. opinion. But I never went to a club. I never engaged with the kink community until after my diagnosis. And that's when I decided to start becoming educated on it um Mm -hmm. because I think you know once you get involved a little bit more I mean I think anyone should be educated if you're tying anyone up or or whipping them or doing whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. 
And I started making friends within the community and kind of figuring out where my interests in the BDSM and kink community lie. And Mm -hmm. my interests are in domination and dominating someone made me feel in control of everything that I couldn't, that was around me that I couldn't control. Um, And I think that's what was felt so empowering. And I think it was probably on multiple levels, not just BMS, but you know, at the time I was working in a very male dominated industry where, you know, I'm a very alpha female. (laughs) Uh I was getting pushed down a lot. And, you know, and on top of, you know, not feeling super strong all the time, you know, it, it was, a you know, and it still is. I think, I think it's a a great way to feel super empowered and it that's what it does for me it 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 uh feeds my need to to feel empowered in the world in the world I'm living in right 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 you know as as we were preparing for this episode and speaking with you it it just seemed at first it was not it wasn't uncomfortable it was odd for me because i'm not familiar with this world i mean of mm-hmm. course i've read about it i've heard and all these yeah. things you know it but it's it's interesting and i always had the interest but mm-hmm. now it's like wow this is really exciting and i can say that because of being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis like like you said it takes away so many things from you and control is like the yes one. <laughs> and yeah. so what is exciting about this is that hey I found something that I can control and it, mm-hmm. it's pleasing and it's the pleasure in this I guess uh setting or scenario with right. my partner is exciting yeah. to me because I yeah. gain my control back you know for yeah. 10 minutes 20 minutes an hour yeah. whatever however long it is yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, exactly what you said, Don. It's, you know, somebody else taking pleasure in me being and exerting my control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because so many times when you are, when you have a chronic illness or disability, you're kind of, and I, I guess I want to step back and I'm not, I don't want to talk as though this is a novelty because that irritates me. And I, I'm not going to speak for you, Mistress Magenta, but I'm going to assume as somebody who is in, who does, who's in the field, like it irritates me when people talk about the kink community, like it very like kind of fluffy novelty terms. Mm, I don't know. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh, I, I see a whip and I'm, you know, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like- know. I think a lot of people don't understand, like, a lot of people have this idea of what the kink community is based on, like, Hollywood movies, like, Fifty Shades of Grey, and there's so many, the thing is, there's so many kinks, and, like, kinks you wouldn't even think about, like, I was at a club two weekends ago, and there was this guy that got tied to a bed, and had four girls just tickling him, and that was his kink, so it's Mm -hmm. not always like people, I think people always go first to like, oh, it's, you know, a woman in fully leather with some right. paint. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. That there's all different types of fetishes. Um, and there was another person who, who attends the club a lot, who just carries around shoes and mm-hmm. wants to be stepped on. Wow. Which is also a very power, powerful feeling thing to, <laughs> to step on. So, you know, right, those, right. And, but not everyone is, it gets excited about doing that, like, you know, doing that and stuff like that. So it's, there's like so many different kinks out there and it's not just 
the whips and change and not even all dominatrixes um will look the same i mean there are plenty of the idea of like being in full latex or a full cat suit mm -hmm. is is a hollywood ideal of a dominatrix i know so many yes. dominatrixes that their attire that they wear as a dominatrix you wouldn't be able to distinguish it from them walking down the street because it's really not about the outfit um, the outfit it's about the control <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, if someone's, if someone's fetish is latex or leather or something like that, you know, the outfit can make a difference, but, um, you know, it's it, for a lot of people who want to be submissive or be dominant, it's about that control dynamic. It's more about the mental part of it. And so one of the dominatrices that I had trained under, she was telling a story about this coffee shop she would go to every day and she would grab a cup of coffee and she realized that some days the guy would give her free coffee and some days he wouldn't and she couldn't figure it out and then one day mm -hmm. she realized if she was wearing like a leather jacket or leather boots all of a sudden she'd get a free cup of coffee and realize really? that the barista must have some kind of maybe i mean maybe right. assumption that she might have some kind of fetish and the way that she carries herself she gives off this like very powerful woman right. type thing so it just it That's was almost like it was almost like an unsaid thing that every right. you know, that was known right that is so interesting it's yeah. funny that we're talking about attire because i remember when i was teaching full-time and people you know if i would be out at like happy hour or something this was before my ms became super you know noticeable i guess it was still invisible um people would say, oh, what do you do? You know, and, and I would say, oh, I'm a teacher. And then I would have like weird, creepy <laughs> guys say things to me like, oh, I have a ruler, yeah. you know, or, or can you dress up? Or even guys that I dated in the past, like, oh, you ever think about doing this or that? And so that was their kink, you know? And I just thought, mm. oh God, that again, yeah. that's associating the typical Hollywood right. ideal of yeah. what this is, you know, supposed to look like. And right. But unfortunate. it is but it is but but it is also a strong connection too because um you know a lot of these kinks and stuff come about in childhood so a lot mm -hmm. of you know a lot of people men and women when they're first feeling their first feelings a lot of times it's for a teacher so those yeah. connections are so strong that again you can that's why it's a it's a pretty it, it's a pretty common one i think because it's also one that people feel most comfortable about expressing because it's not like a taboo one right and so i think you get that most commonly because society has made it yeah. okay that that's an okay kink to express right right yes. um and but i think a lot of people probably have then that's and, and a lot of people who have the schoolgirl thing also have the kind of dominate i mean obviously they just want some of them just want a dominant woman but they're allowed to express if by saying they want to do the teacher fantasy, right, but really, right. like they don't really care about the teacher part of it. They just want the having the dominant. a dominating woman. Yes. Well, yes. speaking of education, you you said the word, uh, you used that word earlier, mm -hmm. and and then now that we're talking about teaching in school, <laughs> um, would you mind sharing a little vocabulary to just to kind of get people to understand, like? what is um, a dom or a sub? And, you know, like, what are some things that people who aren't in this world, what do they need to know, I guess? What do you think they would want to know? vocabulary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, like I was just saying about the dominant, um, mm. a, a dominant person is just an author 
authoritarian they take the they're the one that's in control of either mm. the relationship or the scene and it's mm. and a scene is like sorry i take for granted that people sometimes don't know that i'm like oh yeah scene blah blah, blah. like people are like are you play? <laughs> right um, but no it's um you know if you're with a friend or partner and you're like you know you're like tonight let's tie let's tie you up and do this or do that um here the safe words here this that's negotiating before the scene. So everyone knows what's going to happen. Everyone knows what people's, what people's boundaries are and what boundaries shouldn't be crossed. Right. And so there's so much communication in BDSM. Um, and so in a scene, it's like, this is what we're doing for this hour or half hour or whatever. And then it's over and then the scene's over. And then we go back to our normal lives or whatever. <laughs> um, right. But there are some people who are lifestyle dominance and lifestyle submissives and those people have a relationship where one person is a dominant and one person submissive and that is how they live their lives um mm -hmm. and i think that's very that's very common i think and was the clip you're about to listen to is from episode 95 and this clip features kiana renee Yeah. I mean, I love everything that you just said, because these two quotes from the article goes, it, it just touches on everything that you just said. So I'm going to read the first one and then we, and then read the next one, but we can, we can talk about it, but it says access intimacy is not just the action or access or helping someone or of, I don't know if it's in that of, we have all experienced access that has left us feeling like a burden violated yeah. or just mm. plain shitty mm -hmm. many of us have experienced obligatory access mm -hmm. where there is no intimacy just a stoic counting down of the seconds until mm. it is over listen mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. yes yeah yes. all that <laughs> right exactly yeah. and that is not intimacy no, no. it's no, not at all and it's like almost like you know as you know reading that it's sort of like i could feel like the dead energy emanating mm -hmm. from that because i think you know we can talk about that as it relates to you know sexual relationships a medical provider relationship that yes. kind of like yep. Yep. okay when is this over whatever i've mm -hmm. got another patient another patient in, in five minutes so mm -hmm. let's wrap this up mm -mm. but i love how the pa ends these sessions or mm -hmm. um, appointments with what can i mm -hmm. do because it, it it shows that I'm heard, that I'm yeah, cared yeah. for. And yeah, if yeah. you are in a, a more private, I'll say that again, mm -hmm. a more private sexual moment, you that is what you want from your partner. Right. That is exactly what you want, or partners, whatever, whatever right. floats your boat. Right. But um, you want to know that this person is asking, what are your needs? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Because it is a give and take situation. Yeah, and they're actually opening themselves up to hear you and to really feel you and to really see you. And that is yes. sexy ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> like people don't understand. And if we're talking about, you know, in, mm. in our personal lives with our doctors and things like mm. that, that's so empowering. Like we always talk about um, how to advocate for yourself. Like that's a way for physicians to give people agency and give them the space if they've never mm -hmm. had it before to advocate for themselves. 
it's so Absolutely. powerful. It's <laughs> and, and that's, yes. that's oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And you know what? Like, like if we're just even like talking about both a you know in a doctor's appointment or like in a sexual encounter my needs are going to be different every time this is not yes. the same shit every time so yeah. when i go to this appointment with my doctor this appointment maybe like my bladder is being weird and we're going to need to talk about that i'm going to need something for that okay that's that and then if i'm with my partner hmm today maybe I don't know, without getting all, this is what I want to do today. Okay. Same thing with the doctor. Next time, maybe my spasticity has been extra. My next sexual, sexual encounter. I want you to tie me up. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different Mm -hmm. each time and you have to add, and I shouldn't have to explain to you that we need to have this conversation every time. Right. Right. And it doesn't have to be like a conversation. Okay, what do you want to do today? No, yeah. it's just one of yeah. those like things that should just naturally occur. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. if it's just simply like she said, like asking like what is it that you need? Is yeah. there anything that I need to know? That's another way to to, yes. to ask, you know, is there anything you would like me to know? Yes. Like, or where are you today? Yeah. And then you just let people speak. <laughs> like yes. it's, it's it's really it's not hard but I think for some people it's a little challenging because they've never had to do it before and then also because they've never had it done for them or with them so they Mm -hmm. don't they just really don't understand but if you don't start there ask somebody what do you need how can I support you where are you like it's just whatever question that gives them space to share and gives themselves agency and and the space to The following is a clip from episode 72, which was actually a party line from our first intimacy series, That Part, Intimacy and MS. And this clip features Beth from Bethy Bright and Dark, Ardra Shepard, Miss Tripping on Air, Damian Washington, and Carlos Kareem Wyndham. I have to make, I have to make funny about it because otherwise it just, it gets overwhelming. And as you guys know, who are much more experienced with this than I, you know, I had just like gotten to a point in my life where I had this fantastic life. Like I built a life for myself that was centered around my desire very deliberately to live independently as a single woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been single for a really long time. We'll like segue into the whole sex thing, but like, I've been single for a very long time by design and I'm just on me when I was thinking about coming on tonight with you guys, how pissed off I am at MS for ruining that for me (laughs) because (laughs) damn, I had, I had a good thing go in there and all of a sudden it's like, Hey, curveball. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so easy to, you know, be the, the lady that has, you know, a man in every port and mm-hmm. the phone, the phone calls from the friends of, of relationships that I've built over the years. And that might sound scandalous, but it was sort of like, that's how I lived. You know, like I was happily single. Yes. And, and then I'm like, okay, last time I got one of those text messages, like, Hey, how you doing? And my answer is, um, 
I have a chronic disease and I can't walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, that's that's mm-hmm. a boner killer, Beth. Well, so yeah, so you yeah, are that's, in. That's me. You're definitely in the right place or yes. in good company being an oversharer because I think that we all yes. are at this point, and yes. it's. It. Uh, I guess it's cathartic to overshare right now. Yeah. This, this is going to be the three hour podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking that I talked for way too long and now I'm not going to say no, anything. No, no, not at all. No, no, no. Thank no. you for sharing your story. I, ma- I made a funny joke. That is all. Please, Dom is speaking. Continue, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's all. No, I was just saying how therapeutic, cathartic it can yes. be to overshare. Mm-hmm. And I will allow someone else to take it yes. from y'all we, yeah. we the only ones who understand y'all we the only ones mm-hmm. yeah. we, the symptoms aren't the same nope. um we are not the same but no matter what you you get in the ring with the same thing yeah period it's almost and, like an instant intimacy which i found with a couple like I don't know. It probably, I, I always think of you, Audra, because you were the first person that I really connected with. And I always thought to myself, this woman is going to think I'm a complete psycho because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we're friends. Like, I feel like, and I felt yeah. that way from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm I was glad, so grateful I for it. We're friends too. So yeah. But I was yeah, like, I'm, no, just, I'm like, I found this person on the internet that knows stuff yeah. and, and it just was instant. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like yeah. you're right. It's just a really cool connection and no, it, for, out of a it, really shitty thing. Yes. Out, of a, out of a really shitty thing, in a lot of ways, you're, you're turning the poop into flowers. I and, guess so. And what, no matter who makes what, this podcast, Ardra's vlog, uh, Carlos's Smoke and Mirrors, my jam, you make your thing and you put it down. Whoever picks it up that's on them and how they pick it up and and in what ways and how deep it is and that's on them and you're here for it because you put it down in the first place so for someone to have be have feeling some type of way like oh she's gonna think she's gonna think i'm this because i like it that much she's like no i'm glad you like me that much because this shit sucks and i drove myself to be my most crystal clear about it in this way over and over and over and over again for years and so you found some of my archive jams and and that and that bumped with you respect cool there's no way i can find that um weird or abhorrent or freaky or anything you know what i'm saying i can't i I can't you know what i'm saying that's it So, it is like a well, weird it phenomenon. It can be weird and freaky too, though. It can be weird no, come and on, freaky get it. and delicious. It. it can be all of those things. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh huh. It can be. It can be welcome and weird and freaky. I'm just gonna throw that out. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent right, Daddy. You know, do you know? I can't argue. Do you know? I love and it. And to extend one more, one more bridge of 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 extending friendship. That's uh, right. Well, well, I am happy to to be introduced newly to the to the uh, group of folks who are meeting your work. Uh, I uh, identify as they them, and I am gender fluid. So very rarely uh, do I identify as a boy, uh, but uh, I, I am very well aware that the world does perceive me as such uh, more often than not. So that only offers more complication. Right. to the turducken that is trying to have sexual relations as mm. 
an MS disabled person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so extending more of that oversharing for the world. There it is. Love Guys, it. I, yes. just, um, I, I posted today something that I'd written about sex and MS on my blog. Mm. And I just want to read a comment that somebody wrote in about it. Um, that is it a nice some, one? Um, I think it's like, uh -oh. I think it's, I think it's a conversation starter. So this comes mm. from Clinton who says, I'm a dude with MS. I didn't realize that the blurred double vision and dizziness right after orgasm was an MS thing. I think he's probably having some heat sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I, I had kind of given up on sex and relationships. I hate having to have that discussion with someone that I'm totally into and that is into me as well, telling them I have MS. I hate seeing the pity come into their eyes followed by the looking for an exit strategy. It almost feels like MS is an STD to most people. Feels like I don't have anything wow. to offer anyone besides dealing with an uncertain and terrifying future. Wow. Okay, girl, so, you know what, may, may I, may I, if I may? Tackle it, let's what's hear it. it. What's, up, what's our friend's name? Clinton. I don't Clinton. want to be upset. I, okay, Clinton, hold on. Let me get my hackles back down for a second. Uh -oh. Clinton, <laughs> honey. <laughs> I'm so, it's hard, right? It is difficult being a person who is uh, forced to be vulnerable by nature, right? In particular, if you are adherent to this gender binary in which you ascribe yourself as beginning by saying, I may do. When you say that, 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 that is not only saying that I'm a male, you're saying you're a very particular kind of male. Mm. And then you talk about that. And, it, and, and honestly, what is perceived as strength by those who, who ascribe to that particular level of maleness is the sort of strength that means that you cannot express vulnerability, right? And what we're learning in this new age of Aquarius presented and brought to you by COVID-19 right. is that if nothing else, you need vulnerability if you're going to make it in the world, right? And that includes in your sexuality. And certainly if you're going to be able to express any sort of sexuality, that's going to be able to bring you mutual pleasure with you and whoever your multiple partners or single partner happen to be. So all of that framework that was brought into it I, I, absolutely, it's going to make it more difficult because you, you're forcing yourself into these places of being reserved that are being ascribed to you again by this false binary that doesn't exist. You know, gender doesn't really exist anymore. And we're not really doing that anymore. And if, you, if you're doing it to yourself, it's going to put you in a position where you're not able to be as vulnerable as you ought to be for your own comfort and your own strength in terms of your relationships with your partners, future or present, I would think. Do you May think? I, um, go ahead. I was just gonna, I was gonna um, jump in to say, um, obviously I identify as female, um, but, I, I, I reacted to that statement very, um, it almost hit a little close to home for me, not from the sort of macho 
um, maleness of it, but from the perspective of, I don't, I don't date. I don't even think about it because it is so beyond me um, as a person, not as a female person, even just as a person, as how I could um, pull that kind of relationship into the mess that is everything, you know, and a, this might be unique to me because, you know, I'm a five-year-old here, you know, I'm just five years into this. I can't even get my head around how I would have a relationship. And I'll go even further. I, as I said, built a life for myself that was kind of based on, I'm just going to say it, you know, I had a lot of casual sex. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, you know, safe and it was respect, you know, respectful and responsible and all those things. But, you know, I've been, I was single by choice and with intention. And I don't know how to do that anymore with all of this happening. And it's really, I don't think of, I went from thinking of myself as what I would call a very sexual person and a very independent and sort of free person to somebody that, you know, I can't even get my head around it yet. And then, and I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say that, but it's the God's honest truth. Like, no. I, I can't, like, I, yes. I don't believe that I would make a good partner sexually right now. So I avoid it. And I guess that's like, I don't know. Like I, I add it to the list of things I felt like, the list of possibilities that sort of I felt like changed for me overnight. I mean, it doesn't, it's not bad enough that I'm a 53 year old single woman who, you know, lives in a world where youth is extolled and celebrated and, you know, you have to deal with all that crap of, you know, am I still attractive? Am I still this? Am I still that? But on top of it, I have this fucked up, excuse me, disease. Yeah. That like, how do I even explain that to somebody? The clip you are about to listen to is from episode 100 and was featured in our second intimacy series, this part, Intimacy NMS, and it features our favorite guest co-host, Carlos Kareem Wyndham. And and finding an intimacy isn't about another person. This is kind of what I took from what you were saying. It's about you. It's about yeah. you like owning your shit yeah yeah and just you know going back to the conversations that we had a couple weeks ago done with emily like you deserve pleasure that you deserve that it doesn't have anything to do with somebody else unless your pleasure is pleasuring someone else but you deserve that Mm -hmm. and i think that we have to own that yeah i re i heard that and and that was one of the many many uh, broadcasts in the series that for me mm. uh, spoke to what is important about what you're bringing to the table right now, right? Mm. Because in that, what I also took from it, and she didn't say it explicitly, but it just it rang to me, is that that needs to translate then also to your work. Does your work actually give you pleasure? Because if it does, then it is not work as such, 
right? Mm-hmm. It is actually the thing that is creating for you, that is feeding you, right? And if you can be fed from the work that you are doing, right? Or from find a way to, to be at a, a, a job, for want of a better word, in a white supremacist capitalist system, mm-hmm. uh, or create a job for yourself in which you are fed in your soul, right? Then the work itself can also be very, 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 very intimate, right? Yeah. And because it gives you pleasure, because it does feed you, because it does nourish you. And you can tell when somebody loves what they're doing. You can tell when they love their work. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, right? And that's, that's whose food you want to eat. That's whose clothes you want to wear. That's whose podcast you want to listen to. That's whose comedy you want to hear. And that's who you want to fuck. That's whose wop you want. Listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.